0: Yo, what's poppin', peoples? Your boy Kaz here. Once again, say less with Kaz and my co host Lowkey, who will not be on this episode because this is a special episode. Uh, first off, shout out to Wilson Sports and brother, and uh, shout out to Truly Hard Seltzer, today's sponsor. On the show, 13 different flavors. If you want to uh, continue to enjoy a nice refreshing beverage without too many calories, not feeling too fat, not feeling too you know, tight in the gut, make sure you get a Truly Hard So Shout out to them and shout out to them for sponsoring the podcast each and every week. Um, today's a special episode because I have the one and only Ike Taylor, former Pittsburgh Steelers, two-time Super Bowl champion, on the show today. Uh, I called him for a quick minute. Um, It was really funny how this conversation kind of started. And, you know, uh, it's one of those things where schedules didn't really line up with myself and Lowe and Ike. And I only had Ike for about 30 minutes. Uh, But it was just a great talk because it was right as soon as the NFL deadline went through. So we got to talk about some very good football talk. Somebody who's in the know, uh, you can check out his podcast called Believe in Steelers. Um, you catch on his IG Live, uh, wherever you follow him, on social media, Instagram, Twitter, all that. Ike Taylor, one of the hardest-hitting safeties, one of the hardest-hitting defensive players rather, in uh, Pittsburgh Steelers history, one of my favorite players, even though I wasn't a Steelers fan, but man, the way the guy played the game, you got to respect it. Um, we talk about Dak Prescott and his situation over in Dallas, and it uh, looks like he might be out of there, if not that next year, but very, very soon. Um, we talk about the guaranteed money between football players. We talk about contract negotiations. We talk about Madden ratings. We talk a lot of football. So football is your thing, NFL. Season is about to kick off in a couple of weeks, and people are supposed to report the training camp, even though there's not really a plan in place to play games or preseason or whatever. We don't really know what's going on. But uh, this is a great talk with uh, Ike Taylor of the Pittsburgh Steel former Pittsburgh Steeler, rather. Two time Super Bowl champion. We talk about uh, Ben Roethlisberger as well, his former quarterback, what we can expect out of him uh, in the upcoming season, and much more. So, uh, enjoy this episode. Like I said, Loki isn't on this one, but he will be on the next episode. But I wanted to get this one out of there because I don't want to just leave you guys with one podcast a week. I got to give you at least two, three, four, five, as many as possible. So, when we got guests, when we have illustrious guests, shout out to Diesel Murrow, the uh, whole most Emmy-nominated show. When we have illustrious guests on the show, I want to get to you as quickly and as soon as possible. So, as always, Emilio, you know what to do. Hit the motherfucking Music. Yo, we over here, Say less with Kaz. Thank you guys for tuning in, as always, each and every day, right here on Whistle Sports and Brother. So Truly Hard Seltzer, you know what I mean? 13 different flavors. If you enjoy Truly Hard Seltzer, you enjoy getting lit and fit, but you don't want that quarantine gut like I got. Make sure you get you a Truly Hard Seltzer, and you can uh, enjoy a nice, refreshing drink in these summer days. Today's episode is really, really special to me, man. I got a two-time two-time Super Bowl champion, one of the hardest-hitting defensive players ever to play the game. I got my man Ike Taylor on the show. Ike, what's going on, man?
1: Kaz, what's up, bro? How you doing? Thanks man, for having I'm, me on. I'm
0: surviving. I'm surviving. I'm trying each and every day, each and every day to maintain, brother, each and every day. So, uh, man, we 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 last time uh, I was talking to some people, uh, you dropped a new podcast, or you're dropping a new podcast. Can we talk about that yet? Are we still uh, – Still yeah, yeah, uh, we, in, in we talk uh, like Believe and Stealers podcast, right?
1: Correct. Believe and Stealers podcast, me and Mark Bergen. Matter of fact, we got to do a show um, in a couple of minutes. Uh, I had to get pushed back because I had some business to take care of. But, yeah, we drop at least once a week. Um, show's been going good uh, during this pandemic. It's been giving me something to do. Also, keep me informed with college uh, college football, pro football, just in general. So, I'm a football head. So. It's good to have a podcast, as you know. It's more like one-on-one. You get to be yourself. You ain't got to worry about dressing up. You can promote whatever you want to promote. So it's just a a barbershop talk. That's what podcasts are. So that's what I like about these podcasts.
0: It's a a beautiful time right now, especially for people in media and especially people like yourself. Uh, I feel like everybody right now, you kind of got to find your own way. You got to, you know, you got to, you got to be able to still make a living or still do something to keep yourself kind of occupied and still be safe and distance. And that's why I see a lot of people getting into podcasts. And it's always great hearing, you know, the insight of former athletes and people who are actually on the field. And, and I love a good athletes podcast. So tell me about, tell me about what Believe in Steelers is going to be. Is it going to be Steelers focus? Is it going to be just, is it just about everything in football? Is it about your life? Like what what's, what tell me a little bit about the synopsis of the podcast, bro.
1: It's a little bit everything. Mm. So, you know, me and Mark, Mark does a j- good job of coming up with topics. Uh, I'm not a scripted guy. I like the freestyle like to come down. Same. Out dumb. Same. <laughs> so just give me, give me a topic we're going to talk about and I'll run with it. Um, Mark is more of a, and it, he's my co-host. He's more of a stat guy, statistician. Yeah. I'm not a stat guy. I like, I'm my eye test guy. So whatever we talking about, I like to watch tape, see what I see on tape and talk about it. But it's like, Pittsburgh, yo, for the majority, it's, it's a Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, but we talk about everything, you know. Yeah. Of course, this deadline is going on with football in the NFL, so we're going to talk about a few deadline moves that has, hap- has happened and a few that haven't. So, for the most part, man, it just keeps me in tune, like I said earlier, but, yeah, it's a Vince Steelers podcast. The first topic is the Pittsburgh Steelers, of course.
0: All right, so what we gonna do? I'm, I'm gonna steal some of your football takes, then. So we're gonna get into some football talk right now. Since you know, you 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 were the guy on the field. I'm not a stat guy either. I I I, I didn't play football to your level, but I passed the eye playing. test for me. Yeah, yeah. Like I can see if you can ball or not. There's a whole lot going on right now, especially with people getting paid, new contracts, Madden ratings, everything going on. I want to start with this whole Dak Prescott situation, man. Like. He has been the starting quarterback ever since his rookie year in the NFL. He's been, you know, signed the franchise tender, franchise tender, I think, for thirty-four million dollars. If I'm, if I'm correct in that, thirty-one million dollars. The uh, the long-term deal is what he's been looking for, man. And from people to the to the naked eye, people that watch your first takes and your undisputed and all this other stuff. There's a pandemic going on, and people are always going to look that don't know the economics of the game, they're always going to look at something and be like, oh my God, what is this guy, what is, what is he really holding up for? What's, what's three extra million? What's five extra million? What's all that? like? What's, what's all that at the end of the day? But obviously, you've been in those shoes. You're, you're, you've You're been an NFL player, and when you got to put your foot down to get the money that you feel like you deserve, especially since a lot of it isn't guaranteed you're going to do some things that's probably not going to, you know, win you over some fans, you know what I'm saying? So tell me what it's like being on that other side as a player when you got to either sit out or you're in contract negotiations with the owner, especially you was in Pittsburgh, man. They football crazy over there. So just like Dallas with the Cowboys, what was it like for you when it came time for your contract negotiations? What do you think Dak should be getting as, the, as the, when he comes back on the field?
1: I think, I think Dak should get whatever he asked for. And the reason why I think he should get it is because, you know, between Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, um, even though Carson Wentz have a Super Bowl ring, you know, Dak at the same time has done more uh, lately than Mm -hmm. any other Dallas quarterback have done in the history other than Troy Aitman winning Super Bowls. Right. So, you know, you give Tony Romo a boatload of money, he ain't even taken him to the conference finals (laughs) or the championship game. You know what I'm saying? I think Tony got four for 60. Something like that back in the day, which was a lot. But all Dak really is asking for is the guaranteed money. Yeah. So you 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 saying okay, Jared Goff got 110, I think. I think Carson Wentz got between 115, 116 of of guaranteed money, mm-hmm. and you want Dak to do the same. Now Dak, like, man, they had two years left on their contract. Right. Now if y'all would have came with me, two years left on my contract, I probably would have took that deal. But I ain't got no years left on my contract. That's why we're doing this franchise tag. And I'm looking at and I'm looking at Kirk Cousins and seeing what he got over the past two contracts. Kirk Cousins is made over, about to make over 196 million.
0: And Kirk Cousins, right? Yeah, he all right. He, he ain't better than Dak Prescott.
1: and that's that's my whole point when it's co- when I'm talking about this contract. Mm. So I'm seeing guys around me getting more guaranteed money than me. All I'm looking for is the guaranteed money. Is what Dak's saying. My salary, my, my, my salary can be twenty-five million. I don't care nothing about that. <laughs> but give him my guaranteed money. You know what I'm saying? So even even Nick Foles wound up going to Jacksonville and getting paid, but now he's gone. Yeah. So that's saying a lot of guys who have gotten paid. Now you see what Patrick Mahomes got, but Patrick Mahomes on a whole nother level with the Super Bowl ring. So you gotta understand his money gonna be a little bit different. Deshaun Watson is coming up, Lamar Jackson is coming up. And I'm sure they base salary when them boys do come up, if they had the years they had of late uh, next season or this season coming up, they're going to be in the $40 million range. And I'm mm. talking about base salary. So Dak want to be up in that range. Um trying to compare him to Russell Wilson. It's hard. I feel like Russell Wilson is one of the most underrated quarterbacks that we don't talk about. With, and with he's the a great Super Bowl <laughs> Correct. Correct. So, so, so Dak, like, Dak is like, don't put me in a category
0: yeah. as
1: everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Like, if y'all really and truly did love me the way y'all say y'all did, y'all would y'all would have did me two years before. Now between is it is is it a look good thing between, you know, Carson Wentz and Philly and Jared Goff in the rounds because they're first rounders and we don't we don't want to look wrong. Like Dak has been successful. I think that – and we keep talking about Deke, I me mean, Zeke. With Dak, Dak is nine and zero. Yeah, Zeke hasn't played. Yeah, so it's like y'all saying, I'm re- y'all saying we need to rely on the running game. And no disrespect to one of my best friends, I'm talking to Zach Dak. No disrespect to one of my best friends, which is Zeke. But hell, I'm nine and zero without him. <laughs> so, 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 what's the talk? Yeah, um, I've done more in the past three years than what you asked Tony Romo as a Dallas quarterback. Not to mention, I'm a fourth rounder, so I really shouldn't be in this situation. Not to mention, I went to Mississippi State, I had to fight it out. I was in high school, I had to fight it out. So all my life, I had to prove my point. Mm. I was never the guy like Carson Wentz. I was never the guy like Jared Goff. Every time you put me in a bad situation, I always come out on top. How can Dallas not see that and not pay the man? I don't
0: know. It, it's, it's, I don't know what it is about the guaranteed money. Or, or like He's your quarterback. Like, I understand, like, the Zeke set out. Like, I remember when he was, when Zeke was sitting out, where he was in Barbados, wherever he was, like, training for the season. I understand waiting on paying a running back. But when you get a franchise quarterback and you're pretty much telling him, like, yo, we don't know if you're our franchise guy. That's basically what you're saying when you don't want to give the guy the guarantee money. Like, we don't know if we can count on you for the next five, six, seven years. That's a little messed up to me. No, Especially a no, guy no. like Jerry Jones, who will always pay. He, he seems like he'll always shout out the bread if you feel like you're worth it. And I feel like Prescott's been worth it throughout his career.
1: Jared Goff, I think, got close to $60 million to sign. Mm-hmm. As soon as he signed his name, he got $60 million.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ain't nothing wrong with that looking for 75 80 just so when I sign my name. Now, the guaranteed when I think Jared Goff got like 110 mm-hmm. you know, but just to sign my name before that ink dry, I'm looking at That's all Dak looking for, man. Like, just give me my guaranteed money, my upfront money while I feel comfortable. Mm. You know, stop making making it look like I'm the bad guy and you're talking about my salary. How about you talk about the guaranteed money you don't want to offer me? That's all Dak is saying.
0: Let's talk about Cam Newton, man. He seems like the biggest off-season acquisition to an NFL team, even though he's not. We're talking about quarterbacks getting paid That dude has not even, you know, I mean, he's getting the bare minimum to go play in an incredible situation for um, Bill Belichick and New England Patriots. Do you, what do you, what do you project Cam Newton will be like this season in a new system? New, you've played against Bill Belichick countless times and countless games. You know the way that guy game plans. Now he's getting a quarterback that he's never really had before, a dual threat somebody who could get it on his feet and in his arms and is, you know, extremely charismatic. What do you foresee Cam Newton's uh, time in New England being like this year?
1: The league MVP Cam? You know, mm. I think for, for the most part, Cam got comfortable. Okay. Because he, he had a, a lot of success early right. in his career. And how you can tell people get comfortable is how they come into camp.
0: So he wasn't coming so into, camp into camp looking camp. like he was ready.
1: You come when, when Cam when I, I felt like when Cam was getting comfortable, he was coming into camp out of shape. Mm. And you, you know, see it. And you see it on and, the other side. And and when you come into camp out of shape, that's when you have injuries. So now you putting a shock on your body during a stressful time at camp to get game ready, and you never prepared, just prepared yourself to get practice ready. Mm-hmm. Like you don't get game ready. During practice, you get game-ready and game-ready shape if you already in shape. Now, being lazy in the offseason, that attributes to you catching in- injury during training camp, which leads to you being off the field, which leads to your production not being as well as it should be. Mm. Um, I think Cam hit the reset button and understood a lot of that came from him. A lot of that came from him. Yeah. So now if you watch Cam on, on, on IG and his Instagram, he's in hell of shape. He's back at it. He's, look he's focused, looking, man. He's, yeah, he's looking like the Superman of old. And and now he's seeing everybody else get paid. You know what I'm saying? So he's in a good situation where you want to talk. And sometimes change is good.
0: Yeah. You know, it
1: was, it, it, was, it was about time for him to get out of Carolina. You know, now he's with a, a heck of a coach. And Bill Belichick, it's coach. Gonna be, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun to see what Coach Belichick and company got in store for Cam. But just Cam's mindset, it's a lot different. And you can just tell in his voice. You can tell in his workouts. You can tell in the way he just goes about on, on doing things now. So Cam has always been outspoken. Cam has always been different. Cam has always been in the lane of his own. That's just Cam. And you got to acknowledge mm-hmm. that. I think Cam finally realized a couple of years ago, you know, I've hurt myself more than anything. So I'm going to stop making these excuses. But now you see a totally different Cam, still athletic, still, still big as heck, you know, it's just, he's in more shape. His mind is more focused, more in tune. And like I said, he's going into a good situation, but um, early on, uh, I think Cam had a lot of early success. And in the off season he bought it on his own. I remember Cam talking about going to California and having the offseason to California and, and really being, you know, not focused. Mm. So I think just dealing with kids, Cam getting older as a grown man, uh, having the family, wanting to take care of his family, and just his kids seeing it, and, and understanding it, and, and liking when people – and liking when his kids say, that's my dad in a prideful way. You know, I think Cam has matured as a young man, you can start to see that. Let's
0: talk about the Steelers real quick. I know you got to get out of here real soon, but I want to get your thoughts on the team. You got big bang coming back, looking like uh, he's going to make one more go at it. You've played with them a, a, a long time. You got two Super Bowls with them. Um, what do you foresee the Steelers looking like, man? I know uh, Mike Tomlin has been, you want to talk about underrated players and Russell Wilson. I feel like Mike Tomlin has been an underrated coach as far as like keeping that, that franchise and that team um, competitive as long as I've seen them. You know what I mean? Quarterback, no quarterback. AB leaves, L- 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 Le'Veon leaves. They've always been competitive. Uh, but, you know, we're coming into a brand new division. You got, you know, the Ravens looking like the Ravens. You know what I mean? The Browns sh- seem like they should be a better team this year with another year under them. A lot, Not a lot of people talking about the Steelers outside of Ben Roethlisberger. You're somebody who's very close to that organization. What do you see uh, them looking like in this upcoming season?
1: Coach of the year should have been Coach Coach Time the last year. Mm. We talking about Duck. We talking about Doug Hodges. So Doug Hodges wound up damn near being your fourth string quarterback.
0: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they let Hobbs
1: go. Great so name though. Down to the Fantastic Texas. name. <laughs> yeah, they traded Hobbs down to the Texans. Mean the Jacksonville. I'm sorry, and, and and you saw what happened. So now you keep Doug Hodges and Coach go a Nate. It's it's starters and it's it's so-called good head coaches who got starting quarterbacks that went seven and some change, seven and nine. So Coach held the team with the third, damn near fourth string quarterback and went eight and eight and barely missed the playoffs. So you only good is your coaching style. And that starts with the head coach. And the defense, for the majority, held it down. You know, that make a Fitzpatrick trade like everybody scratched their head, but now they see why. Mm-hmm. now they see why so just looking at the stats Bud Dupree finally turning the corner we all know what T.J. can do then you get a young stud and, and, and Devin Bush then Cam he he Cam played out his mind you know Cam didn't make the Pro Bowl but he wound up making an All-Pro which don't yeah. make no sense to me you know I didn't even both. know you could do that that's, that's yeah, all strange to me I'm, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like man that's all the way back but I'm sure Cam would take that All-Pro to that Pro Bowl any day on his resume yeah. You know what I'm saying? So then you got to it. He was out to it coming back. So yeah, Le'Veon been gone. A.B. been gone. Um, it's, it's a, Juju was up. He was in and out of the lineup because of injury. So, you know, I, I felt like Coach Tyler should have won, you know, Coach of the Year over that version he done went through and how close he could have been in the playoffs coming to your fourth-string quarterback. But people don't want to talk about that. But with Big Ben coming back, Big Ben, Big ben always had it on his mind. Mm-hmm. He always had it on his chest. Like, Ben is super competitive. You know, if you want to swing the baseball bat, he'll yard it. If you want to play ping pong, he'll get you off. If you want to play pool, he'll smoke you. If you want to have a shootout on the basketball court, he going to smoke it. He just so happened to be uh, a future Hall of Famer for the NFL. <laughs> so, Seven always been competitive. He always did bet on himself. Now, him coming back healthy is a good thing. You know, I, I, and you can tell... You want to talk about a man who matured over the age. If you just listen to some of the interviews, he is talking about what he had to deal with.
0: Personally. Yeah. So I'm, I'm personally, shocked that so, he's actually been talking about that. Yeah.
1: Lately. So that's, that's, that, that's, that's a hell of a step.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: a hell of a step. So, you know, just, just being a former professional athlete, you know, we have a hard time admitting, you know, our, our faults and our flaws. But just growing up in the locker room and being in the locker room in the time I was in the locker room from 2003 to th- 2014, it was never an issue with, with us because we loved and the bond was so strong in Pittsburgh at the time. You know, we talked about our flaws and what we need to work on, and we asked for help, but from each other. Mm. And we was always there. Um, that's what I think that locker room has to get back to in Pittsburgh. But seven coming back, I mean, if you look at the arsenal with tight ends, you know, now they picked up Ebron with a tight end. If you look at the wide receiver arsenal, so they give them two studs on the outside, Juju can work the middle. Um, it just depends on the game plan what seven want to do. If seven want to go two tights, we can go two tights, have play smash mouth football. If I want to line up and I feel like the secondary isn't as good as I think it is, I can go three, maybe four wide if I want to. By the way, I got, a nice little, I got a nice little backfield where I can rotate with James Conner being the starter. I can rotate the guys I need to rotate if I want to hold the ball and control the clock. So I just feel like now you kind of go back to how Ben was when he was a rookie. He had a good defense, which they do have, mm-hmm. and everybody's coming back healthy with some new draft picks. Got two tight set, which Big Ben had when he was a rookie. His first five years, two tights. Now you get a Plexico. Uh, Antoine Randall L. and the Heinz Ward, with a new version, but the new version of that,
0: the younger version, with
1: loaded with a loaded backfield. So I think Ben understands, you know, him just I can't do it all, but it's gonna it's gonna be four or five games. where I just need to tell Coach Randy the OC and tell Coach Tomlin, it's a gut feeling I have on the field. I'm not worrying about the playbook. This is what I want to do. It's time for me to shoot it out. Or if y'all feel like I need to have a shootout. The way the game flow, the gut feeling I have on the field, we need to run the ball. So, I think Ben has has matured and been that kind of quarterback to the coaching staff. Going to be like Ben is your day, or we can't do nothing about it, or let just Ben call these plays. So, I'm happy for Ben, man. Just having Ben come out personally on what he's been involved with, uh, just dealing with you know adversity. Pittsburgh will have a good year.
0: Last question I want to ask you uh, because it just came out. Um, these Madden ratings, man, like people have been going nuts for them. You know, what I'm saying, like, I, I feel like these been they've been talking points. For, for every single season. And you see Deshaun Watson was an 86 mad at that. And you see seen, uh, Sa- Saquon Barkley's rating was a little lower than he expected. Like, uh, I'm sure you, you're into Madden. I'm sure every NFL plays into it. And how personally do you take those ratings, man? Like, I know they send people to games to, to watch and to get like every single detail down. Pat, you've been in countless Madden games. How personal do, Actual players, not, not virtual players, actual players take these matter ratings when it comes to getting on the field?
1: Personal, bro. <laughs> Personal, like, like for, for a long time, I was playing for my Madden ratings. <laughs> for real. And, and, and the thing about it is, you play good throughout the year, your Madden ratings go up. Like, yeah. I don't care if you do start at like a... I mean, I was I was like at an 84, 85. I wound up being a 90-something because I was just balling for a mm. long period of time. So
0: you ball. So they ball. upgraded.
1: Yeah, you ball, your Madden ratings go up. You don't ball, man. It's your fault. So you control the narrative when you want to talk about these Madden rates. How you started the issue? So <laughs> you can be in your feelings. You can be all sensitive. I'm cool with that. You know, so if I saw I was an 80, 81, y'all yeah, was hot. I was <laughs> cool. But at the same time, I knew week after week, the better I played, the higher my mad rates went up. The more plays I made, the higher my mad rates went up. So, yeah, these guys take it personal, and I get it. But at the same time, man, you control that journey on Madden regardless on what you do.
0: Awesome, man. Ike, I know you got to break out of here. Thank you so much for coming on, Sailor Less. I want to toast you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Shout out to you, man, as always. Shout out to Truly for Hard Truly. Seltzer for sponsoring the show. Uh, Believe in Steelers podcast. Where can we listen to it? When can we get it? Uh, how often does it come out? Let us know we can follow it.
1: Ike underscore swagging you. So that's my that's my Twitter. Ike underscore swagging you. You catch it on IG. Um, Ike Taylor, aka One of a Kind, aka Pinot. Because I feel like I get I look better with age. So I see I see, you, I see you
0: taking the Pinot to the head a little bit during that.
1: That's that's that Chateau de Quim. You know, that's <laughs> wine, you know? so for all, anybody who know anything about wine, that's that Chateau de Quim. Man, this it's a good bottle. They call that. They call it gold
0: wine. I'm I'm going to hold you you to that. I'm uh, going to go to the wine store in a little bit and try to pick something up. Yes, sir. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for coming on Say Less. You stay blessed and uh, good luck on everything, brother. Hey,
1: thanks for having me
0: on the show, bro. Yes, sir. Thank you.